Blog Talk Radio. in there we're always having problems but at least we're getting out there in some way anyway the George Wilder Jr. show is now happening and this is the first day or should I say the first night of the GOP convention and it's already been put on record Donald Trump says he is not going nowhere even if he loses he's not leaving the White House Nancy Pelosi says that he is 
But uh, on the first night of the convention, Donald Trump is on record saying that he's, he thinks the election is going to be rigged. Even though in several states, he's behind, totally behind. He knows it. They know it. But he will not accept the outcome because he doesn't want to leave the White House. He doesn't want to leave power. He doesn't want to go to jail. He doesn't want to be sued. So he thinks that the presidency is going to protect him the law. I just have a feeling this man might go to jail long before the election because of of the the garbage that they've got on Donald Trump, especially the New York prosecutors, is what they would say in the legal terms. uh, Tightwad or something. (laughs) What they would say in legal terms, we got him. This is a shit case, open and shit case. And I don't see why they will not uh, uh, subpoena him while he's in office. There's nothing in the Constitution that says that this man cannot be, because he's president, he should be protected from crimes and corruption. There's nothing in the Constitution that says that. And a lot of these prosecutors and lawyers and, and judges, they know that Donald Trump, in their heart of hearts, they know that this man can be dragged out of that uh White House and into prison. And now he's saying point blank, he's not going anywhere, whether he loses or not. Uh, But uh, I think the FBI, the Department of Justice, the people who aren't corrupted, they think the better. And this just makes it more, uh, (laughs) it makes it more fun for me because I, I hope that that when he loses, that the cameras are there, the reporters are there, the lights are there, uh, so the whole world can see him being dragged up out of the Oval Office and into the streets because he's lost. And if there's any kind of co- contestment of the election between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, if it goes on for a while, you know, then Nancy Pelosi becomes the president. This is in the Constitution that the Republicans do not give a damn about. Anyway, um, I'm not going to watch the convention. It's, it's it's starting tonight, Monday night. I'm not going to watch. It's going to go on for four nights. And I'm hearing that Donald Trump wants to hog the camera. He wants to be on all four nights. Well, the people that I've spoken to and some people on social media media say they're not going to watch. I know I'm not going to watch. I mean, I have a radio show, but by the time I get off the show, this thing will be started, has started already. Uh, it's, it's a joke, folks. This, this is a joke. They're not going to talk about your needs. They're not going to talk about my needs. They're not going to talk about Americans and their plight. They're gonna. They're not gonna talk about America or what they can do for America. They're gonna get out there on that stage, holler and scream and yell and attack Joe Biden, attack Kamala Harris, Obama, Michelle Obama. It's gonna be a lot of uh, personal attacks coming from Trump and his goons. Period. Personal attacks. It's not gonna be about your welfare, jobs. 
the, the economy. They might try to smooth it out a little bit, but it's going to be personal tax. You know, I mean, it's going to be overwhelming. And seeing four nights of Donald Trump, Donald Trump actually thinks that the more you see him, the more you're going to realize that he's the one you should vote for. People <laughs> people don't like looking at Donald Trump. They don't like hearing him. This is just going to make people vote against him even more because they see him so much. But he thinks, Donald Trump still thinks that he's smarter than you, smarter than me, scientists, doctors, uh, educators. He thinks he's smarter than lawyers. He thinks he's smarter than everybody. And he's the dumbest fuck on earth. The stupidest man ever. The worst president ever. He's insane. The guy needs to be in a mental hospital or ward or asylum or something. He's crazy. He's a fool. And that's what, if you're going to watch this thing tonight, that's what you're going to be watching, a bunch of fools, a bunch of Republicans, a bunch of ass kissers for Donald Trump. This is what you're going to be watching and listening to. Jim Jordan. Now, 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 give me a break. This guy, <laughs> he he is just as out there as he can be. I don't think many Republicans are listening to these. You know, you got Republicans who are against Donald Trump. I mean, they are out there, but he barely says anything about other Republicans who are working against him. He barely says anything about other Republicans who are jumping on Joe Biden's boat. And there's a lot of them. And there's a uh, and they're prominent Republicans, Republicans. They're they are stars in the party. But Donald Trump never says anything or tries to evade when the reporters asking ask him about Republicans who are going to vote for Biden. He he has nothing to say. He thinks that's rigged. He thinks that's that's uh, a hoax. Like he thought the virus was a hoax. and In some cases, he still thinks it's a hoax. He thinks this election is a hoax. Well, let me tell you something, folks. Donald Trump is a hoax. He's a hoax. If you want to watch that shit tonight, then you go right ahead because I will not. And I have lots of people who are going to not be watching it with me. Why would you want to give this creep ratings? Because if you watch it, (laughs) you're going to up his ratings, period. And that's what he's craving. Just like Obama said the other night, he craves attention. Do not give it to him. Whether that, whether that attention is negative, positive or, positive or negative, Donald Trump craves it. He doesn't care if you say bad things about him as long as you're saying stuff about him, as long as you're saying things about him. This is, this is Donald Trump. And his sister and his uh, niece... Uh, his sister said some things that he has no principles. You shouldn't vote for him. He's a liar. His niece said the same thing practically. So you can almost guess that they will not be voting for Donald Trump. And he's family, and they will not be voting for him. But these slack-ass, lackey Republicans will. And I just will not tune in to some show where he is going, they are going to be kissing his ass right on TV. 
majority of the lineup I'm hearing is Fox News. Everybody on Fox <laughs> is going to be on the show because that's Donald Trump's channel. That's his uh, network. And uh, a lot of people on face <laughs> on social media, excuse me, are saying they're not going to watch. That is a farce. It's, it's going to be filled with a lot of fools and idiot and idiots. Let me say this again. It's gonna uh, it's gonna be a lot of noise. Basically, that's what it is. It's not gonna be anything for you, anything for America, anything for working people. It's gonna all be about Donald Trump. That's why he's on four nights a week, so it can be all about him. So you can look at his face, hear him lie, hear him sprout a lot of bullshit that he expects for you to buy to, to, so you can vote for him. I'm going to tell you something, folks. Donald Trump doesn't care. Donald Trump doesn't care about anybody, no one, not even his base. He doesn't care about them because he's fucking with the male. And when you're fucking with the male, you're screwing with everybody, you're screwing with everybody who is expecting mail. You're screwing with the people in the Senate. You're screwing with the people in the, in the uh, House of Representatives. You're screwing with people all over America. Veterans. You're screwing with veterans. They have to get their mail. They need to get their medicine. But, but apparently Donald Trump doesn't give a damn. All he knows is he doesn't want to go to jail. And he's going to do anything and everything to cheat. The whole wide world knows that Donald Trump is about to cheat in this election. The whole fucking world knows. But what does Donald do? He doubles down on cheating. He doubles down on being corrupt. He doubles down on being an asshole. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about this country. This man doesn't, doesn't want to go to jail. He doesn't want his family to go to jail. He's trying to protect everybody. He wants his daughter to stay in power, which she does exactly nothing except screw up the Rose Garden. Fuck that up. Everything Donald Trump and his family touches dies. Six fucking bankruptcies. Lawsuits up his ass. Jail time coming. Indictments coming. Not paying his employees does not want to pay Americans. Donald Trump is not a president. He's a con man. It's been proven by a Senate panel that Russia helped him win the 2016 election. He's being sued up his ass by every company out there, especially New York. And they're just sitting patiently waiting for this fuck to lose. And he's saying he's not going anywhere if he loses. Because if he loses, it's rigged. But if he wins, it's not. If he loses, it's rigged. It's phony. It's a hoax. When it's right there in his fucking face as I speak that he's losing. Everyone around him tells him that he's losing. He can see the fucking map and see that he's losing. Nobody in America basically wants to vote for him, will vote for him. That's why he's fucking with the mail. But once he loses, it's rigged. It's fucking rigged. He's got this guy, uh, DeJoy, fucking up the mail. 
And he was on the hot seat. And a lot of people still don't believe it. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's saying that they're doing stuff in the post office that he doesn't know about. Then why are you working for the post office? Why are you inspector general? If you don't know what is going on in the post office, you're either negligent or you just don't give a damn. Now he's saying he's not going to put back those sorting machines. He should be arrested. I've been uh, uh, um, uh, contacting a lot of uh, 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 representatives and asking that this guy be fired. He's not going to resign. He's going to continue to wreck the post office. He's saying he's not. But if you don't put those sorting machines back, then he's wrecking the post office. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't have any experience uh, working in the post office. He's a Donald Trump plant. The, The board of governors for the post office, they are also appointed by Donald Trump to destroy the post office. That's all it is. That's all it is. And this man, the Demo- the House um, the House of Representatives, the Democrats, they have the power to subpoena him and they have the power to arrest him. Because do not trust what this man says. He's under the he's under the thumb of Donald Trump. He's under the thumb of Donald Trump. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. show on Blog Talk Radio. And it is hot, folks. It's about 90, 95, 90, almost 100 degrees here in the city of Chicago. And I have to say, the summer so far has been really, really, really good. I mean, it has really been, I mean, we've had some great summery days uh, like no other. I mean, we've Walking on the lake or by the lake is just so um, breathtaking and good. You know, even though we're wearing masks, <laughs> it's still good. It's still wonderful, and uh, it's just great. It's beautiful. You, know, you go outside, you walk, and you just enjoy it. You don't have to jump in your car. Uh, I gave up driving a long time ago, and because. When I actually started driving, I was getting bored with it because majority of the time I would, you know, step out of my condo and get right into my car. You know, without a car, I can get to know my neighborhood because I'm not leaving the, my condo in a rush to jump in my car. Right now, I just you know, get to know my neighborhood, get to know people in my neighborhood, get to know what's in my neighborhood, you know, because we all, we always jumping in that car. And another thing uh, made me give up driving was that when I was driving, um, uh, I didn't get much exercise. I was always jumping in the car and, and going here, going there and meeting this person, meeting that person, you know, and I didn't get any exercise and I was gaining weight. Uh, since I've given up driving, I do a lot of jogging. I do a lot of running. I do a lot of biking. Uh, and as I say, and I'm losing weight. Because, you know, of course, there's nothing wrong with owning a car. There's nothing wrong with having a car. 
But for me, <laughs> I'd rather, you know, walk because I'm getting that sunshine. I'm getting that great breeze that's coming along the lake. I'm not jumping in a car, you know, where I may get into an accident or anything of that sort. But I'm not saying don't don't drive. That's up to you. I'm just saying I don't drive, and I'm pretty I'm pretty uh, glad about that because I think I've uh, um, gained my health back. You know, instead of driving it. I mean, there are some places where you have to drive. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You could buy groceries. You got to, you know, but uh, um, it's great. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Yeah, I do exercise every day. I lift weights. I uh, walk. I run. I uh, out there in the sun, especially when you're reaching my age, you better do something or you're not going to be around long enough. And I think that giving up uh hopping into a car and actually doing a lot of things on feet and a lot of things physically has helped me really, really good. I can't speak for other people, but it, it has helped me. And I am proud not to drive. If I really want to get somewhere and I need to get somewhere by a car, I can call a cab, a taxi, or I can call an Uber or a Lyft. You know, let them do the driving, right? <laughs> Other than that, I, I don't really need it, and uh, cars are a lot more expensive than the, than what they uh, used to be. Uh, actually, a lot of things are more expensive. I mean, I'm walking to the the grocery store and I see a loaf of bread for four dollars. You know, I know something's wrong. Uh, and, and during these this uh, pandemic time, it should be a lot of. Uh, they should think about the people who are out of work. A lot of people are out of work. A lot of people are losing their apartments and their condos and their houses uh, because, they, you know, they're out of work. And your um, government is not doing a damn thing, and, and they don't want to do a damn thing. Um, but um, we're going to get out of this. This is not going to be forever, okay? Um, so stop worrying. Stop crying. Stop being bitter and just think positive uh for the next you know a few months we get a new president we get a new uh uh senate uh we'll get things we'll get something done for the american people because right now these people aren't going to do a damn thing um we have trump is going to sign over a stimulus if he's going to sign over uh an extra $600 into your unemployment. He's doing it because he wants to get votes. He doesn't care about you. Uh, I'm going to sign uh, the stimulus. Yeah, he's signing it so you can vote for him. And did you hear some of these mail-in ballots has his picture on it? It's, but this guy has a lot of ego. He cares nothing about uh, uh, America. He cares only about himself, how he looks. And how and how you have to be so damn loyal to this guy. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. show. We will, let's see, I think, yeah, we'll be right back, folks. We're going to take a musical break. I think we hit the wrong button there, didn't we? <laughs> We're trying to take a musical break here. And um, 
as I've said before, the uh, GOP convention is starting tonight. Tonight and gonna go on for four nights. Uh, four nights uh, in the week. So that means we're going to see Trump four nights <laughs> in a row. That's something. A lot of people can't stand stomach looking at him. Can't stand listening to him. But you know that he's going to make this shit worse by letting people who are going to be watching this look at him. So we'll be right back, folks. We're going to take a musical break. Hang in there. Hang in there.
problems in America. We have, uh, and they're not going to get done until we get a new president. And I'm asking everybody to vote for uh, Joe Biden. Vote for Joe Biden and vote for America. You vote for Trump, (laughs) you're going to get Trump. You ain't going to get anything else. But from what I'm hearing, he's behind in every single poll there is. But he's swearing that he is not going to go anywhere. And I'm looking at a lineup for uh, the convention tonight. And uh, he just <laughs> looks like he just grabbed anybody from the swamp to speak for him. Uh, speak for him. They're not going to be speaking for him. They're going to be fawning over him. They're going to be kissing his ass. That's what they're going to do. Because the majority of the people he's having to speak, uh, they they are questionable themselves. So I'm not going to watch it. I hope you don't watch it. But, you know, we will hear things about it, um, especially if you're active on social media. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of things about what's going on, and <laughs> you're going to be appalled at it. But uh, we just got to get out and vote. I mean – uh, if you wanna, if you're gonna vote by mail, make sure you vote early and get and get your ballot back. And then after you vote, make sure that your vote is counted. That's another uh, element that they've added on to early voting. You vote early, vote early. You get your application for your uh, ballot, send it back. They're gonna send you your 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 actual ballot. Fill it out, vote it, uh, and either you can take it back in person to the Board of Elections. You can find a drop box, and you can put it in a drop box, or you could, you can run it through the mail. And get this, Trump, <laughs> Trump and his goons, they tried to sue states that use drop boxes. Isn't that something? These guys and girls on his team, I mean, they go all the way out to make sure that you – do not vote. They don't even want you to use things that's going to make it easier for you to vote. I'm like Obama. Why make it e- hard for people to vote? You make it easy for the people to vote. It's in the Constitution. But these jackasses are so afraid of losing, which they are going to. Uh, I think one of the reasons why Trump is going to lose is because he's trying to fuck with the vote. He's trying to stop you from voting, but it's stupid because if Trump is trying to stop people from voting, he's including his base in that. He's also hurting his base and stopping them from voting and making it hard for them to vote. He's screwing up the Postal Service. That's also interfering uh, with his own base. You screw up the post office. His base is made of senior citizens. Most of them are on, Medic, uh, are on Social Security, Medicare. They get medicine through the mail. He's screwing with them. So this is why I say this man doesn't give a shit about who he hurts. Republican, Democrat, Independent, no voter, you don't vote at all. He doesn't care about you at all. But what he wants you to do is vote for him. I'm going to take away your Social Security. I'm going to take away your Medicare. I'm going to take away your food stamps. I'm going to take away all your benefits. I'm going to make sure you don't get raises at your job. But vote for me, won't you? This is Trump. He thinks we're so stupid, so crazy, and so 
ignorant that we're going to vote for this guy to take away everything that we gained, including civil rights, including democracy, over hundreds of years, just because he wants you to vote for him. Remember what Trump said? He said, once you vote for him, and, and if he wins, he's going to cut Social Security or eliminate it, period. So why, if he's going to do that, why would anybody vote for him? You'd be stupid to go out there and vote for this guy if you're on Social Security and Medicare. You'd be stupid to go out there and pull the lever for him, to vote for him. You'd be stupid because he's going to take away your livelihood. People out there who will vote for Trump to take away everything that they've gained, everything that they've earned throughout their life. They will vote for Trump to take all of that shit away. And then they'll look around and suddenly their Social Security check doesn't come. The Medicaid, the food stamp doesn't come. And then they're looking for somebody to blame. Look at, your, look at yourself. You're the blame. You voted for him. But I'm hearing that seniors are even turning away from him. Because some of them have smarts. They're intelligent. They're uh, they're they're intellectual. They understand that this man is out to get them. He's out to get us all. Trump, once he's voted, he's going to try and get us all. And I'm talking about people who talk against him, say bad things about him. He's coming after us. <laughs> but I doubt it because the cops are coming after him. But with all the things that are hurling around Trump, I still ask myself, how does he handle this? Well, George, he he handles it because he's a narcissist. He's a fascist. He doesn't have sympathy. He doesn't have empathy. He he can't feel any emotions. And there's something in him, in his makeup, the kind of person that he is, that makes him – you know, who he is, which is the worst president in the universe of the world. I can't stress that (laughs) any clearer. He is awful. And that's just not me saying that. That's most of America saying that. Now, this um, convention that Trump is going to uh, be on four nights a week, you think he's going to get a bounce in his ratings? Of course he is. Four nights looking at uh, these people are going to give it to him. He's going to get a bounce in his ratings. I don't think it's going to be that much because he's not going to really detail what he's going to do for America besides destroy it. I don't think he's going to have much to say. Uh, but um, it'll be interesting. It, the, the press is going to tear it apart. If <laughs> they're gonna tear it apart anyway, they're gonna analyze it and and put two and two together and come up with what they're really talking about. And and I'm also hearing that the Democrats are gonna counter uh, the convention. You know, they they're gonna give rebuttals. Uh, and I'm also hearing that the, the networks may turn away from Donald Trump's convention if there's too many lies being sprouted. Uh, on 
on the convention floor. This is, this is no doubt about it, folks. This is the Donald Trump show, and it's a mess. It is a mess because he's a mess. I mean, there are so many lawsuits. There are so many suits. There are so many indictments out there. There are so many subpoenas out there uh, uh, pertaining to his crime spree, his corruption, his thuggery, his lies. There is so much out there that's waiting to pounce on this guy once he loses this election. I think he should be indicted while he's in the, while he's president, while he's in office, save America a lot of money and tax money and a lot of frustration when this guy says he's not going to leave, even if it's a fair election. He's not going to leave because he's going to be saying rigged. One, one of the things Donald Trump uh, does, he lets everybody see his hand. He lets everybody know what he's going to do uh, Weeks and, weeks and months and maybe years uh, in advance. So Donald Trump says he's going to rig the election. He said that about you know, a few weeks ago. So what does that tell the Democrats? That tells them that tells them to try and counter this. You know, he's letting us know that he's not going to leave. Leave. Uh, leave office. So the Democrats, the Democrats should plan how they're going to react when he does not leave office. Nancy Pelosi has said he's going to leave, and I believe her. Because I do think that the, the FBI, <laughs> the Capitol Police, the uh, Secret Service, all of these people have been briefed on what to do in case Donald Trump refuses to leave and especially when they find out that there's been no cheating the election is not rigged he lost fair and square and if he wants to sit in the oval office and keep farting they're going to come in there and grab him and drag his ass and throw him out on the curb to the curb i don't think donald trump wants that i mean if you lose you lose go out but this guy said he's not going to do it and being almost two, a little less than two and a half months until the actual election, there's no way polling is going to change. It's too late for that. He would have to do something. I mean, he's been talking miracles. He would have to actually have a miracle. He would have to do great in these four nights, which is, you know, Debatable, and he would have to have great debates against Joe Biden. And if you put Donald Trump up against Joe Biden today, it would be no contest. If the election was held today, Donald Trump would be out on his ass today. If it was held today, he would lose. He would get wiped the fuck out. He will get wiped out. So his, uh, you know, I mean, his convention starts in a little while, and I'll, I've got some writing to do. You know, <laughs> I've got a lot. Of, I got more screenplays to write. I got more books to write. I got uh, more shows to produce. 
Uh, so I have lots of things to do. I have a kid. I have a child. And uh, actually, I have two children. Uh, but I usually just talk about one, the one that's living with me, you know. So, yeah, I got lots of things to do. I, there's a humongous things to do. And uh, beside, beside wasting my time watching a bunch of liars. And as I've said before, before nights, they are going to be lying, screaming, yelling, <laughs> trying, trying to instill in the people who are watching. And there's not going to be many that they should keep Donald Trump in office, even though he's been impeached. This guy is impeached. So many people forget that because of all the scandals surrounding this guy. He is an impeached president. Even if he gets reelected, he is impeached. So that's a scar on his record. But if he loses, and a lot of people are saying he's going to lose because he cannot win this, he is an impeached president. He, he's wounded. But he just won't go away. <laughs> All right, you've been listening to uh, the George Wanda Jr. Show. And, folks, we will be right back. Who is that? Um, let's see. Okay, I think we got the wrong knob. Here We, <laughs> we found the wrong, right knob right here. All right, the late George Carlin on the George Wilder Jr. Show. I think the list of commandments was deliberately and artificially inflated to get it up to 10. It's a padded list. Here's what they did. About 5,000 years ago, a bunch of religious and political hustlers got together to try to figure out how to control people, how to keep them in line. They knew people were basically stupid and would believe anything they were told, so they announced that God had given them some commandments. Up on a mountain, when no one was around, God had given them the Ten Commandments. But let me ask you this. When they were sitting around making this shit up, why did they pick ten? Why ten? Why not nine or eleven? I'll tell you why. Because ten sounds official. Ten sounds important. They knew if it was eleven, people wouldn't take it seriously. Say, what, are you kidding me? The eleven commandments? Get the fuck out of here. But ten... Ten sounds important. Ten is the basis for the decimal system. It's a decade. It's a psychologically satisfying number. The top ten, the ten most wanted, the ten best dressed. So having ten commandments was really a marketing decision. And to me, it's clearly a bullshit list. It's a political document artificially inflated to sell better. I'm going to show you how you could reduce the number of commandments and come up with a list that's a little more workable and logical. We're going to start with the first three, and I'll use the Roman Catholic version because those are the ones I was taught as a little boy. I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not have strange gods before me. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Thou shalt keep holy the Sabbath. Right off the bat, the first three, pure bullshit. (laughs) Sabbath... Sabbath day, Lord's name, strange gods. Spooky language. Spooky language. Designed to scare and control primitive people. In no way does superstitious nonsense like this apply to the lives of intelligent, civilized humans in the 21st century. You throw out the first three commandments, you're down to seven. 
Next, honor thy father and mother. Obedience, respect for authority. Just another name for controlling people. The truth is, obedience and respect should not be automatic. They should be earned. They should be based on the parent's performance. Parent's performance. All right? Some, some parents deserve respect. Most of them don't. Period. You're down to six. Now, in the interest of logic, something religion is very uncomfortable with, we're going to jump around the list a little bit. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Stealing and lying. Well, actually, these two both prohibit the same kind of behavior. Dishonesty, stealing, and lying. So you don't need two of them. Instead, you combine them and you call it, thou shalt not be dishonest. And suddenly, you're down to five. And as long as we're combining, I have two others that belong together. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Once again, these two prohibit the same kind of behavior. In this case, marital infidelity. The difference is coveting takes place in the mind. And I don't think you should outlaw fantasizing about someone else's wife. Otherwise, what's a guy going to think about when he's waxing his carrot? <laughs> but, but marital fidelity is a good idea, so we're going to keep the idea and call this one, Thou shalt not be unfaithful. And suddenly, we're down to four. But when you think about it, honesty and fidelity are really part of the same overall value. So in truth, you could combine the two honesty commandments with the two fidelity commandments and give them simpler language, positive language instead of negative, and call the whole thing, thou shalt always be honest and faithful, and we're down to three. Thou shalt, thou shalt, they're going away, they're going away fast. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. This one is just plain fucking stupid. <laughs> Coveting your neighbor's goods is what keeps the economy going. <laughs> all right? Your neighbor gets a vibrator that plays Oh Come All Ye Faithful. <laughs> you want to get one too. <laughs> Coveting creates jobs. Leave it alone. You throw out coveting, and you're down to two now. The big honesty and fidelity commandment, and the one we haven't talked about yet, thou shalt not kill. Murder. The fifth commandment. But when you think about it, <laughs> when you think about it, religion has never really had a big problem with murder. Not really. More people have been killed in the name of God than for any other reason. All you have to do... Sure. Uh-huh. All you have to do is look at Northern Ireland, the Middle East, Kashmir, the Inquisition, the Crusades, and the World Trade Center to see how seriously the religious folks take thou shalt not kill. The more devout they are, the more they see murder as being negotiable. It's negotiable. You know? It depends. It depends. It depends on who's doing the killing and who's getting killed. So, with all of this in mind, I leave you with my revised list of the two commandments. <laughs> Thou shalt always be honest and faithful to the provider of thy nookie. <laughs> and thou shalt try real hard not to kill anyone. Unless, of course, they pray to a different invisible man from the one you pray to. <laughs> two is all you need. Moses could have carried him down the hill in his fucking pocket. And if they had a list like that, I wouldn't mind those folks in Alabama putting it up on the courthouse wall. As long as they included one additional commandment, thou shalt keep thy religion to thyself. 
department, in the bullshit department, a businessman can't hold a candle to a clergyman. Because I got to tell you the truth, folks. I got to tell you the truth. When it comes to bullshit, big time, major league bullshit, you have to stand in awe. In awe of the all-time champion of false promises and exaggerated claims, religion. No contest. No contest. Religion. Religion easily has the greatest bullshit story ever told. Think about it. Religion has actually convinced people that there's an invisible man living in the sky who watches everything you do every minute of every day. And the invisible man has a special list of ten things he does not want you to do. And if you do any of these ten things, he has a special place full of fire and smoke and burning and torture and anguish where he will send you to live and suffer and burn and choke and scream and cry forever and ever till the end of time. But he loves you. He loves you and he needs money. He always needs money. He's all powerful, all perfect, all knowing and all wise. Somehow, just can't handle money. Religion takes in billions of dollars. They pay no taxes and they always need a little more. Now, you talk about a good bullshit story. Holy shit. Don't do it. 
my tide is gone I opened up the door, yeah And there was my glove compartment all torn out from a dashboard And here you come, here you come, here you come Grinning, grinning, yeah With the power sign And talking about, talking about My man, solid on that, my brother I said I don't like How can you really, really Realize, really mean it I know about you I know what you're good for I know what you're doing around here I know all about you I know all about, I know, I know, I know, I know you Welcome, Speaker of the United States House of, of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi. It's my honor Nancy to bring you the Pelosi. greetings of House Democrats, the most diverse majority in history, more than 60% women, people of color, and LGBTQ. <laughs> our diversity is our strength. Our unity is our power. This month, as America marks the centennial of women finally women winning the right to vote, we do so with 105 women in the House, proudly. 90 are Democrats. To win the vote, women marched and fought and never gave in. We stand on their shoulders, charged with carrying forward the unfinished work of our nation advanced by heroes from Seneca Falls to Selma to Stonewall. Four years ago, when President Obama and Vice President Biden were in the White House, they made us proud, and their leadership made our country great. In that spirit, we come together now not to decry the darkness, but to light a way forward for our country. That is the guiding purpose of House Democrats, fighting for the people. We have sent the Senate bills for lower health care costs, for bigger paychecks, for cleaner government, protecting John Lewis's voting rights, and enacting George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. We have sent the Senate bills to protect our dreamers, LGBTQ equality, prevent gun violence, and to preserve our planet for future generations, and even more. All of this is possible for America. Who is standing in the way? Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump. 
Our nation faces the worst health and economic catastrophe in our history. More than 5 million Americans are infected by the coronavirus. Over 170,000 have died. The science-based action the HEROES Act we enacted three months ago is essential to safeguard lives, livelihood, and the life of our democracy. And who is standing in the way? Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump. Instead of crushing the virus, they're trying to crush the Affordable Care Act and its pre-existing conditions benefit. As Speaker of the House, I've, been, I've seen firsthand Donald Trump's disrespect for facts, for working families, and for women in particular. Disrespect written into his policies toward our health and our rights, not just his conduct. But we know what he doesn't, that when women succeed, America succeeds. And so we are unleashing the power of women to take our rightful place in our national life by championing a woman's right to choose and defending Roe v. Wade, securing safe and affordable child care, preserving Social Security and passing equal pay for equal work. Who's standing in the way? Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump. So here is our answer. We will remember in November when we will elect Joe Biden president, whose heart is full of love for America and rid the country of Trump's heartless disregard for America's goodness. Joe Biden's faith in God gives him the courage to lead. Joe Biden's love gives him the strength to persevere. Joe Biden is the president we need right now battle-tested, forward-looking, honest, and authentic. He has never forgotten who he is fighting for. And Kamala Good evening, everybody. As you've seen by now, this isn't a normal convention. It's not a normal time. So tonight, I want to talk as plainly as I can about the stakes in this election. Because what we do these next 76 days will echo through generations to come. I'm in Philadelphia, where our Constitution was drafted and signed. It wasn't a perfect document. It allowed for the inhumanity of slavery and failed to guarantee women, and even men who didn't own property, the right to participate in the political process. But embedded in this document was a North Star that would guide future generations. A system of representative government, a democracy, through which we could better realize our highest ideals. Through civil war and bitter struggles, we improved this Constitution to include the voices of those who'd once been left out. And gradually, we made this country more just and more equal and more free. The one constitutional office elected by all of the people is the presidency. So at a minimum, we should expect a president to feel a sense of responsibility for the safety and welfare of all 330 million of us, regardless of what we look like, how we worship, who we love, how much money we have, or who we voted for but we should also expect a president to be the custodian of this democracy. We should expect that regardless of ego, ambition, or political beliefs, the president will preserve, protect, and defend the freedoms and ideals that so many Americans marched for 
went to jail for, fought for and died for. I have sat in the Oval Office with both of the men who are running for president. I never expected that my successor would embrace my vision or continue my policies. I did hope, for the sake of our country, that Donald Trump might show some interest in taking the job seriously, that he might come to feel the weight of the office and discover some reverence for the democracy that had been placed in his care. But he never did. For close to four years now, he has shown no interest in putting in the work, no interest in finding common ground, no interest in using the awesome power of his office to help anyone but himself and his friends, no interest in treating the presidency as anything but one more reality show that he can use to get the attention he craves. Donald Trump hasn't grown into the job because he can't. And the consequences of that failure are severe. 170,000 Americans dead. Millions of jobs gone, while those at the top take in more than ever. Our worst impulses unleashed. Our proud reputation around the world badly diminished. And our democratic institutions threatened like never before. Now, I know that in times as polarized as these, most of you have already made up your mind. But maybe you're still not sure which candidate you'll vote for or whether you'll vote at all. Maybe you're tired of the direction we're headed, but you can't see a better path yet. Or you just don't know enough about the person who wants to lead us there. So let me tell you about my friend, Joe Biden. Twelve years ago, when I began my search for a vice president, I didn't know I'd end up finding a brother. Joe and I come from different places, different generations, but what I quickly came to admire about Joe Biden is his resilience, born of too much struggle, his empathy, born of too much grief. Joe is a man who learned early on to treat every person he meets with respect and dignity, living by the words his parents taught him. No one's better than you, Joe, but you're better than nobody. That empathy, that decency, the belief that everybody counts, that's who Joe is. When he talks with someone who's lost her job, Joe remembers the night his father sat him down to say that he'd lost his. When Joe listens to a parent who's trying to hold it all together right now, he does it as a single dad who took the train back to Wilmington each and every night so he could tuck his kids into bed. When he meets with military families who've lost their hero, he does it as a kindred spirit, the parent of an American soldier, somebody whose faith has endured the hardest loss there is. For eight years, Joe was the last one in the room whenever I faced a big decision. 
He made me a better president. And he's got the character and the experience to make us a better country. And in my friend Kamala Harris, he's chosen an ideal partner who is more than prepared for the job. Someone who knows what it's like to overcome barriers and who's made a career fighting to help others live out their own American dream. Along with the experience needed to get things done, Joe and Kamala have concrete policies that will turn their vision of a better, fairer, stronger country into reality. They will get this pandemic under control, like Joe did when he helped me manage H1N1 and prevent an Ebola outbreak from reaching our shores. They'll expand health care to more Americans, like Joe and I did 10 years ago when he helped craft the Affordable Care Act and nail down the votes to make it the law. They'll rescue the economy, like Joe helped me do after the Great Recession. I asked him to manage the Recovery Act, which jump-started the longest stretch of job growth in history. And he sees this moment now not as a chance to get back to where we were, but to make long overdue changes so that our economy actually makes life a little easier for everybody whether it's the waitress trying to raise a kid on her own, or the shift worker always on the edge of getting laid off, or the student figuring out how to pay for next semester's classes. Joe and Kamala will restore our standing in the world. And as we've learned from this pandemic, that matters. Joe knows the world, and the world knows him. He knows that our true strength comes from setting an example that the world wants to follow. A nation that stands with democracy, not dictators. A nation that can inspire and mobilize others to overcome threats like climate change and terrorism, poverty and disease. But more than anything, what I know about Joe, what I know about Kamala, is that they actually care about every American and that they care deeply about this democracy. They believe that in a democracy, the right to vote is sacred and we should be making it easier for people to cast their ballots, not harder. They believe that no one, including the president, is above the law and that no public official, including the president, should use their office to enrich themselves or their supporters. They understand that in this democracy, the commander-in-chief does not use the men and women of our military who are willing to risk everything to protect our nation as political props to deploy against peaceful protesters on our own soil. They understand that political opponents aren't un-American just because they disagree with you. A free press isn't the enemy, but the way we hold officials accountable. That our ability to work together to solve big problems like a pandemic depend on a fidelity to facts and science and logic and not just making stuff up. None of this should be controversial. These shouldn't be Republican principles or Democratic principles. They are American principles. 
But at this moment, this president and those who enable him have shown they don't believe in these things. Tonight, I'm asking you to believe in Joe and Kamala's ability to lead this country out of these dark times and build it back better. But here's the thing. No single American can fix this country alone. Not even a president. Democracy was never meant to be transactional. You give me your vote, I make everything better. It requires an active and informed citizenry. So I'm also asking you to believe in your own ability to embrace your own responsibility as citizens, to make sure that the basic tenets of our democracy endure, because that's what's at stake right now, our democracy. Look, I understand why a lot of Americans are down on government. The way the rules have been set up and abused in Congress make it easier for special interests to stop progress than to make progress. Believe me, I, I know it. I understand why a white factory worker who's seen his wages cut or his job shipped overseas might feel like the government no longer looks out for him and why a black mom might feel like it never looked out for her at all. I understand why a new immigrant might look around this country and wonder whether there's still a place for him here. Why a young person might look at politics right now. The circus of it all, the meanness and the lies and conspiracy theories and think, what is the point? Well, here's the point. This president and those in power, those who benefit from keeping things the way they are, they are counting on your cynicism. They know they can't win you over with their policies. So they're hoping to make it as hard as possible for you to vote and to convince you that your vote does not matter. That is how they win. That is how they get to keep making decisions that affect your life and the lives of the people you love. That's how the economy will keep getting skewed to the wealthy and well-connected. How our health systems will let more people fall through the cracks. That's how a democracy withers, until it's no democracy at all. And we cannot let that happen. Do not let them take away your power. Do not let them take away your democracy. Make a plan right now for how you are going to get involved and vote. Do it as early as you can and tell your family and friends how they can vote too. Do what Americans have done for over two centuries when faced with even tougher times than this. All those quiet heroes who found the courage to keep marching, keep pushing in the face of hardship and injustice. Last month, we lost a giant of American democracy in John Lewis. And some years ago, I sat down with John and a few remaining leaders of the early civil rights movement. One of them told me he never imagined he'd walk into the White House and see a president 
who looked like his grandson. And then he told me that he had looked it up. And it turned out that on the very day that I was born, he was marching into a jail cell trying to end Jim Crow segregation in the South. What we do echoes through generations. Whatever our backgrounds, we are all the children of Americans who fought the good fight. Great-grandparents working in fire traps and sweatshops without rights or representation. Farmers losing their dreams to dust. Irish and Italians and Asians and Latinos told, go back where you come from. Jews and Catholics, Muslims and Sikhs made to feel suspect for the way they worshipped. Black Americans chained and whipped and hanged, spit on for trying to sit at lunch counters, beaten for trying to vote. If anyone had a right to believe that this democracy did not work and could not work, it was those Americans, our ancestors. They were on the receiving end of a democracy that had fallen short all their lives. They knew how far the daily reality of America strayed from the myth. And yet, instead of giving up, they joined together. And they said, somehow, some way, we are going to make this work. We are going to bring those words in our founding documents to life. I have seen that same spirit rising these past few years. Folks of every age and background who packed city centers and airports and rural roads so that families wouldn't be separated, so that another classroom wouldn't get shot up, so that our kids won't grow up on an uninhabitable planet. Americans of all races joining together to declare in the face of injustice and brutality at the hands of the state that black lives matter. No more, but no less. So that no child in this country feels the continuing sting of racism. To the young people who led us this summer telling us we need to be better? In so many ways, you are this country's dreams fulfilled. Earlier generations had to be persuaded that everyone has equal worth. For you, it's a given, a conviction. And what I want you to know is that for all its messiness and frustrations, your system of self-government can be harnessed to help you realize those convictions for all of us. You can give our democracy new meaning. You can take it to a better place. You're the missing ingredient the ones who will decide whether or not America becomes 
the country that fully lives up to its creed. That work will continue long after this election. But any chance of success depends entirely on the outcome of this election. This administration has shown it will tear our democracy down if that's what it takes for them to win. So we have to get busy building it up by pouring all our efforts into these 76 days and by voting like never before for Joe and Kamala and candidates up and down the ticket so that we leave no doubt
I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to the show. And as always, uh, uh, I love all of you guys. <laughs> I really, truly do. I love all of you. And make sure you vote blue, vote Biden, vote Joe Biden, vote Kamala Harris, vote Democrat, Democratic straight up and down the ticket. You know, vote Democrat straight up and down the ticket. Thank you. <laughs> it's 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 for our benefit. I mean, we're not going to get anything if we reelect Donald Trump or any of those Republicans who are enablers to Donald Trump. Vote them all out of office. Vote them every last one of them scoundrels out of office. Out of office, excuse me, because they mean America no fucking good. All right, I want to thank everybody for listening. Have a good day. Have a good time. Stay safe. Stay safe there. Oh yeah, I want to mention one thing before we go. Uh, another black man was shot by, I think, Wisconsin police. Yeah, another black man was shot. I'm hearing seven times in the back as his three young children watch from the car. And this is just, this is mind-boggling. Why, why does this keep happening? Especially when I have to get off. <laughs> uh, it's no joke. It's no laughing matter. But it happens. I'm about ready to call for defunding the police. I do not want to do that. I think we need police. But yikes. This keeps happening and happening and happening again. Unarmed. You don't shoot someone who doesn't have a gun. You don't do that. It doesn't matter what he has done. From from what I'm hearing, this guy hasn't done anything. They say he was running. Some people say he was walking. The fact is that he was shot seven times in the back. I mean, when you are, when you get shot in the back, it means that you're walking away. You're turning around. And uh, it means that you're posing no threat. Because you're walking away or you're running away. You're posing no threat to the guy with the gun. In other words, the police officer. This is just so traumatic. This is just so awful. It happens so... It happens too much. It happens all the time. And as I've said, just about for defunding the police. Taking, uh, taking that money out of their pockets and putting it somewhere else like in the communities, the low-income communities. You know, I mean, when, you, when you're a young cop and, and you go through all the training and then you, all of a sudden you strap on that gun, you're another person when you put that gun on. You're not the same person 
you are before you put that gun on. Something goes through you. And you can you can do all the training you want. You can say you're not going to draw your gun at certain times. But when you get the feeling that gun feels good in your hands, you just want to shoot a black person. You want to shoot a nigger. And you know where to find them. Poor, drunk, dope, uh, drug addicts, uneducated black people. You go into their neighborhoods. You find something like somebody like that, and you blow their brains out. It happens too much. Unarmed and in the back. Shot him in the back. He was not facing the police officers as he was either walking or running away. They were looking at his back. That's when he put seven fucking bullets. Seven bullets. Wow. I'm, I'm even getting emotional about it. And the thing about it, the thing about it is that as of now, this show, this time, I'm hearing that the guy is still alive. He's in the hospital. He's in the hospital. Seven fucking shots. And I was listening and reading some some posts saying that uh, this guy who shot this guy seven times, the police officer, should burn, should hang. I agree. I agree, but as I just got through saying, I know he's not on the force, or they are not on the force after seven bullets in the back. I think it's seven bullets in the back by one guy. Unless he, uh, I don't know. But it's just so awful, isn't it? Another black man, another father, shot in the fucking back as he was walking or maybe running away. Unarmed, didn't even have a gun. Police should be taught. You don't take out your gun and shoot somebody who's unarmed. If he had a gun, it would be a different story. But he didn't. This guy just wanted to shoot. Wanted to shoot a nigger. He wanted to shoot a black man. He didn't give a fuck about the consequences. He just didn't give a damn. He didn't care. He's probably in jail now. Police powers taken away. Knowing that he's about to start another fucking riot in Wisconsin because of uh, another another uh, black person. You know, you never know. This guy might have might have just set his sights. Just might have had it in his mind to go out and find somebody black and shoot them because he was disgusted with all the protesting and the marching and the Black Lives Matter. He just went berserk and found the black guy and shot him in the back seven times. And this guy has three children. If this guy dies, this police officer should be charged with murder. If it was more than one, they all should be tried with murder. No wonder these protesters are saying defund the police, defund the police. I'm going to actually tell you, I was never for defunding the police because I always thought we needed the police. But do we? Do we really need the police? 
doing. I don't know. It's just it's just so mind-boggling and so idiotic that this keeps on happening. It keeps on happening. It keeps on happening. People are still dying at the hands of those who are supposed to serve and protect. They're not doing it.
George Water Jr. Show is off the air. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank everybody for tuning in. If you like the show, tell people about it. <laughs> um, you know, get the word out uh, because there's a lot of podcasts. I, I know what I think I'm a different kind of a podcaster. I don't really like to call myself a podcast. It's a radio show. I mean, the people who I uh, produce the show from, um, they call it a radio show. It's radio, not podcast. But, you know, it doesn't matter to me what you want to call it. I, I've been doing it for six years. Six years? I've been doing it for six years. And I am haven't grown tired of it. And, you know, uh, there are some podcasters out there that I'm very fond of. And there are some out there that I'm not. <laughs> But I am a fan of my own show. I think, uh, I, I don't know if that's tooting my own horn or anything, but I am a fan of my own show. And I guess I always I, I always will be a fan of my own show. There's nothing wrong, wrong with that. And uh, anyway, uh, the George Wilder Jr. show is off the air. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, vote blue. Uh, vote up and down the, the, the ticket. Uh, because... Uh, as I've said several times, I'm not a Democrat. I'm an independent, but I will vote with the Democrats to get this sleaze bag out of the White House. Did you see what his wife did to the Rose Garden? Oh, she's getting her. She's she's getting a new asshole for that. Anyway, um, thanks for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. show. Um, I hope you have a good day. If you want to watch the convention tonight, go right ahead. I will not. But I know some people said they're not going to waste their time watching it either. Uh, Trump wants you to watch it, even though he's going to take away everything. If he gets in, he's going to take away eh, take away everything, take away your happiness. And then again, he says, if he loses, he's not going to leave. I really want to see that. <laughs> I want to see them drag his ass out to the curve. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. I hope you have a good evening, good weekend, or a good morning, a good evening, wherever you find yourself. Uh, listening to the show, the George Wilder Jr. Show is off the air. Take care, everybody. Stay safe.
Hatred from the mighty and the mighty from the small. 